Welcome to the Raindrop Corner Podcast, a chill place where creatives and real-life superheroes converge to chat it up about cool things. And I'm your host, Kay. Before we dive into this episode, I do want to put a content warning on this episode. Me and the guest do talk about instances of sexual assault. We talk about addiction. We also talk about trauma. So if any of those things are going to be something that could possibly trigger you. I just wanted to forewarn any listeners who might seek out this podcast episode. And without further ado, here's an ode to our guest. He saw the devil. Not the one that biblically revels, but the dark, enticing, and darkness disheveled. It was a relationship defined by oblivion meets chasm diluted in the mind, herald at a shrine most whimsically divine. Yet, he was manically kind, tangling with a world that had long left him behind. Was it all by design? No, just a dissonance set out for him to find. How does the dying manage to see if he can shine? Perhaps he admits to being willfully blind, a disenchanted soul wanting a sign. He saw the devil, not the one that biblically revels, but the dark, enticing, and darkness disheveled. He crept up hills and fell off mountains, stumbled through rushing waters, jostled around in unkept and close quarters. Still, beauty in a man robbed of borders. In dim places, agonizing spaces and blurred faces, we watched the wolf always keep ten paces. Grim reapers do love their chases. Little did they know, the man was bursting from a crustasis. He saw the devil, not the one that biblically revels, but the dark enticing and darkness disheveled. The walls fell away. Whispers and intrusions no longer holding much sway. The dichotomy of the imposter kept at bay. Little tendrils of night fading into day. And so they say, sight is the best foreplay. The night placed his hands on the weary, answering past friends' forgotten queries manifesting the reality of a reluctant theory. While recovery can be dreary, it isn't leanery, but isn't it joyous to be your own dearie? He saw the devil, not the one that biblically revels, but the dark, enticing, and darkness disheveled. Today on the Raindrop Corner podcast, I have a special guest with me, and I'm super excited to have you on the show. Today, I have Eric Harashi with me. And Eric, you are the founder of CAN, or Coherently Aware Now, which is a nonprofit. And essentially, you specialize in not only funding and providing resources for those navigating addiction, mental trauma, but you also give them, you give them the needed pathway to integrate back into day-to-day life in a healthy, conducive way, which I think is so important. So before we fully dive into it, what has been your personal relationship with safe spaces and having 
having the support that you need in your community that kind of led you to found this nonprofit. Well, thank you very much for having me, first of all. You're welcome. This is amazing. I'm so excited to be here. My story, uh, I, I try not to get into, into such detail just for just so I don't trigger people. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my story, uh, about 11 years ago, I, I, was very, I was very straight edge. I didn't drink much uh, or hardly at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't do any drugs. And um, I went, I'm, I'm a gay male. I went to go, I was living uh, up north doing summer stock theater mm-hmm. um, in, uh, in Massachusetts. And I went to go meet a man to, to hook up. And I was drugged and, uh, and sexually assaulted. I was kept in a basement for about eight hours and continuously sexually assaulted by him and a few friends. Uh, that led to uh, about a good 11, 12 years of drug abuse, drug abuse, and more sexual assaults. Uh, probably four, four major sexual sexual assaults and little ones in between. With good therapy, we probably came across that I've probably been sexually assaulted maybe 50 or more times in the, in that span. Consensual, consensual and non-consensual. Um, being, I, I was there, but I was also on some kind of substance, so mm-hmm. it wasn't really consensual. Um, so I, I've been in about eight treatment centers, and some of them have been good, and some of them have been very bad. I've noticed that uh, insurance is very hard, uh, funding is very hard for people. Uh, I, I, I had a lot of trouble getting into some treatment centers because I didn't have insurance. You get evaluated every two weeks, so you can start with your trauma therapy, uh, with your addiction therapy, and then you can be asked to leave within two weeks uh, if, you, if your insurance doesn't want you there. And, and I also noticed that there weren't people advocating for people in, in treatment centers. There, there, some treatment centers weren't being regulated. Yes, they, they were being, they, they went through the right channels to be okay to be a treatment center, but mm-hmm. no one was regulating them as a treatment center. So they were really getting away with a lot of stuff. Uh, I, was, I was attacked in a treatment center by staff in one. And this is one of the really good treatment centers. Something needed to be done. Why not me? Someone who who has experienced it. When you're a sexual assault survivor, when you're an addict, when you're uh, there for a dual diagnosis as someone who's mentally capable of doing something, you're the crazy person. Mm-hmm. And you'll always be the crazy person in someone's eyes because you were you were there for a reason. So to prove something that something happened, even if you have been writing, it's very hard to admit that. So I said, you know something? I'm going to do it where it hurts their pockets. And I'm going to do it a different way. I'm going to come up with a nonprofit to regulate them and make sure that this doesn't happen again. I'm going to make sure that there's some place that, that, that will show that it's more about the clients than about the money. Before we even go any further, I do want to say thank you for sharing your story and doing so very candidly. Um, And I agree with you. I feel like you having experienced 
what a lot of those things are like having experienced what it's like to be in a treatment facility especially um in a situation where you're going through dual treatments really kind of promotes camaraderie and it allows people to to see someone who understands and gets it i cannot relate at all from an addiction standpoint but i can relate to the sexual assault standpoint and just how people treat you because of it as you're going through treatment one of the things that i can definitely agree with is that i've also been hospitalized a couple times i've gone through treatment um more so for mental health and they they do they treat you like you're the crazy person and it does not matter you know what you go through and even in work where i've worked with people who are navigating recovering from addiction and sexual trauma there's not a lot of advocacy and one of the things that really stuck out for me when i looked into can and what you do is the fact that you profess very very passionately that you are an advocate and i think it's so hard for that advocacy to exist in the space because a lot of people they they're not they're not there to do that they're not there to show you how to navigate life how to forgive yourself and realize that none of that is your fault and you can grow and become more comfortable with the life that you're living right and we're and, and we're not there to advocate for them mm-hmm. we're at, there to advocate with them i'm a person who who has a big mouth and i was always able to speak up for myself that was just that's just always has been in my dna mm-hmm. um, but there are many people who who can't so we'll advocate with you we will come there we'll come to that treatment center every week there'll never be a therapist there'll never be a psychiatrist there'll be someone who's been in treatment centers because we know we know what's what's up <laughs> we'll, we'll know we want to see if if you're seeing the right therapist if you, if you feel safe in mm-hmm. that treatment center if you're if your needs are being met if, you, if the food is good to get into this spot to get into that place that that we're that we're asking for help have some compassion have some empathy and i know i'm going a little off topic here but but i think this just comes in with everything we i believe that there's a chance to save humanity i agree with I that too i think i think there's such a chance to save humanity and i think part of that is this nonprofit. there's not one person that is i don't care if you're i'm going to go a little bit political if you're a republican a democrat anything you are somehow affected by this somehow affected no matter what your beliefs are you have you know someone who's affected by this and i believe that if you if you give out your hand just for a second and and push everything else aside just push every other belief aside and give out your hand and say oh my god I can help someone. I can I can I can help someone who's suffering from this or who who could who could make their life better from this. This is helping humanity just a little bit and this is bringing back humanity just a little bit. I agree with that because we live in a world where people get desensitized. They do the same thing every day and they stop seeing one another as people. 
they see one another as an obligation. They see one another as static that just kind of exists around. And more specifically, when you are in a treatment center, you, you're a number almost. It feels that way. You are not a person. And depending on how, and I put this in air quotes, how sane you seem or how put together you seem determines whether or not you'll even be treated as a person regardless of whether it's a really nice treatment center or it's a not-so-nice treatment center. And what you do is important. I do have a question for you, because people use the word safe a lot. And a lot of times we don't really define what the word safe means. So in terms of what your philosophy is and what CAN does, what does the word safe mean in the context of what you provide to others? I think safe is to me, to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, safe is being comfortable in in your own spot. Being I ha- I had therapists like when I would freak out, they'd be like, "Go to your safe space. Where's your safe space?" My space safe. My safe space was always in the middle of my bed. In the middle of my bed, mm-hmm. right in the center, dead center of my bed, because I was able to see who was coming in from my living room and see my patio door. Mm-hmm. And so I was able and I was able to watch my TV. So I had I had safety in where I was looking and then I had safety at the TV to, to calm me down. So it was security. It was security and it was calming. So I think that's what a safe space is. It's it's the security and it's the calming of one area. But that's for me. I think the safe space definition, I think, can be defined differently for many people. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's just the comfort of a blanket. And that's just their safe space. Some people, it's literally marching through the woods. And I'd be like, that's not safe for me. <laughs> <laughs> what is your safe space? Oh, are you asking me a question? Very rarely do guests actually ask me a question. I'm 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 asking you a question. What's your safe space? My safe space? Oh, that's a damn good question. So it's changed. So my safe place from the ages of, I want to say 16 to 21 was a place that I'm not even sure exists. So I'm from South Florida, um, kind of around your neck of the woods, actually, from West Palm Beach area. So there is this area, okay. there is this place called Peanut Island. You might be familiar with it. I've, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, never yeah. been there, but I've heard of it. And I don't know if it's still there, but when I was younger, there used to be like a makeshift lagoon there. Water was crystal clear blue. And I remember sitting there for the first time, and the world was quiet. Normally, I'm a bit of an empath, so I take in things and pick up emotions, and things were actually quiet. I could hear myself think, and I felt like me. And I spent most of my life not knowing who I was, or not feel, not even knowing what I felt like. And then I was assaulted um at the age of 21 by a partner that I was seeing at the time and I want to say for the longest time I didn't know what that safe space was 
now, recently, I can say that my safe space is sitting by my plant with my husky and a cup of tea and just kind of looking out and just allowing myself to hear myself, realizing that I can create my own quiet where I can hear. It's being centered near the people that I love, my fur babies, sometimes my wife, sometimes nothing at all. See, that's that. Uh, I mean, I'm so sorry that that happened to you, but it's it's just so amazing how how as we as we change, how our our safe places change also. Mm-hmm. There's a saying, um, you know, you're so okay with yourself when you can sit alone with yourself, mm-hmm. like to to, uh, to that effect, and it's amazing how your safe space is like you can sit alone with your thoughts me myself i would go nuts i would go nuts i mean it's not that i'm not okay with myself but that i i need that that visual but your safe space is is a beautiful space it's a beautiful space because it's 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 your mind and it's a beautiful place thank you it it took a long time for me to be able to do that. I want to say very recently, as in like the latter part of 2020, if you asked me this a year and a half ago or two years ago, I'd have told you my safe place is helping other people because I just filled my life up with helping as many people as possible so I didn't have to help me. I always say this when I, when I do my TikToks because mm-hmm. I'm on TikTok. If you're on TikTok, go follow me. Go unstuck yourself. Um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> deflecting your your yourself, deflecting your issues, and not taking care of yourself is is not going to help you. No, no, it doesn't. I I I had a therapist once. He was an asshole. He was an asshole, and um and he said he, I I was sitting in my nice cabin though uh and, <laughs> and he said he came in i was laying in bed he, i didn't want to go to group and he said he said you know something all you do is just mope around here i think it was like two weeks in you mope around here and you just you just say everything's wrong here you don't want to work on yourself all you do is just deflect and you don't you you, you want you want everyone fired and you don't look at yourself and i said get the f out of my cabin <laughs> i said no i don't what I'm doing. I said, work on yourself. You're a shitty therapist. <laughs> and so he left my cabin and I laid there. I, I laid there for a little bit, for a good 10 minutes. I laid with my, I laid by myself and thought to myself, shit. He was right. Damn it. So I had to get up in my pajamas <laughs> walk to his office. <laughs> I was so bad. I was so angry. <laughs> One that I had to get up. Two, I had to walk. Three, I was in my pajamas. <laughs> and I walked to his office and I said, you know something? You walk in here, you're like a bull in a china shop. I said, and then you're right. <laughs> and ever since then, 
stopped giving people advice in treatment centers. I mean, I, every now and then I, I would help people out because I was I was big on that. I stopped. I, I stopped giving people therapy in treatment centers because I realized I was the therapist. <laughs> That's and very I, self-aware of you. It's very hard yeah. to admit that you're wrong and that your way of doing things in the moment might not be the best way. Yeah, I was like, I was like, wow, maybe I need the therapy. Maybe it's maybe it's about maybe it's me who who who's the issue here. That's when the healing started. That's when the true healing started, and I was able to work on my shit. And that's when I got to like your, you know, that 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 place of of self awareness mm-hmm. of um, of learning what my safe space was. Still, I was still messed up, but I was better than I was. Mm-hmm. You were um, growing. I, you were growing. I was growing. I was growing. I was I was a growing mess. I was. I was still a mess, but I was still growing in that in that tornado of of, of my tornado. I was a big tornado, but my tornado was getting smaller. With the deficiency yeah. and the lack of support that was given during COVID and even before COVID, what is your first order of business, if you will, once you get the funding? Because I know that you are a newer nonprofit. But as you really start to gain the support of the community and bring in the funding that you need, what is the vision for CAN? The vision, the vision is to start placing people once we, once we get enough money into our, into our account. Um, I mean, of course, we're, we're going, we have to get the contracts going and everything like that. But once we have all that set and treatment centers in place, we want to start helping people right away. I don't want to save people. Like I'm not, I'm not Jesus. I don't want to save people. I want to help people. I want to show people that they are worth. And I, and I say this a lot that they are worth the spot that they are standing in. Because it took me so long to understand that. It took me so long to understand that I, I used to think that I was just this. I used to cry. Sorry if I get emotional. But, it's a, um, you're allowed to get emotional. Yeah. I've, I it's almost happened to I me know. a couple of times. <laughs> so. I, I used to cry. I used to cry that that I was not, I, I didn't want to live because I was wasting this spot for someone who deserved it more. That the, I was standing on this space, on this earth, for someone who deserved it more. And it took me so long to understand that I was deserving of this this spot, that I earned this spot. I want people to to feel that, to come to that that realization. You don't have to be a hundred percent all of the time, but you can be okay. Mm-hmm. You can be okay. No one's a hundred percent. If you're a hundred percent all of the time. You, you lie. Full of shit. Ther- I'm you sorry. Need, you, need more, you, need, you need more therapy than the person who is who is ten percent none of the time. You do. People who's who are who claim to be hundred percent all the time are lying to you, and those are normally the people that are 
so concerned with oh, image. Oh, oh, I just want to help people, and that would be our first thing. I mean, I mean, if if I could get people to treatment right now, I would, I would, because because it's needed right now. It's it was need, it was needed it was needed yesterday. It was needed five years ago. It was needed it was needed ten years ago. This will always be needed. This will never sadly this will never not be needed. Funding will never not be needed. And with that being said, because you you talk a lot about the needs in the community, the needs for people who need the treatment and need the support and also your journey. But how did you find your power? How did you find that superpower in you? How did you get to this point where you had the motivation, drive, and awareness to create it? What was your your turning point moment? Everyone, the people ask me um, what my rock bottom was, you know, uh, and I never really had uh, one rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I had Do you 
Sorry, Sorry. 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 Mm-hmm. Like, I was never, I never wanted to go fully into it. Mm-hmm. And she goes, why don't you want to go over that fence? And I said, I said, I'm scared. She goes, well, you're teetering on it. And I said, well, what if I go over that fence? And there's, it's the same shit over there. What if there's nothing over there but this? I said, then everything I'm doing is for nothing. And she looks at me and she goes, but what if it's not? What if it's not? What if everything over there is not this? She goes, let's do something really quick. She goes, close your eyes. I was like, oh, gee, you're one of those. Damn it. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, let's close my eyes. She goes, yeah, listen, she goes, you don't have to jump over the fence. I'm not going to ask you to, to jump over it. She goes, but I'm going to ask you to peek over it. I was like, okay, I'll peek over it. She goes, what do you see? And I said, I see green grass and nothing on it. Just miles and miles of green grass. And she goes, Eric, that's amazing. I said, why? She goes, she goes, that means that you can do whatever you want over there. She goes, you can build anything you want over there. Sometimes people see a house or a building or or a tree. You have whatever you want to do over there. All you have to do is just go there. You have nothing to fear. And so after my last relapse, after my overdose, after I was in a parking lot of a motel, I lost my car keys. I lost my cell phone. I defecated all over myself. Um, I had to call my family and say I messed up again. I thought to myself, I'm 40, 40 something years old. I had to say, I have to jump over that fence. I can't do this anymore over here. I have to run to that pasture. I have to, I can't, I can't teeter this fence anymore. And that was my turning point, was listening to all those, all those people finally. Thinking of all those rock bottoms. Thinking of all those good moments. It was everything coming to that one moment. You also have the power of connection. Like, it was a choice to sit there and listen to the therapist and peek over the fence and then decide that you're finally going to cross over it. And I think that the fact that you had that experience and you know what all of those emotions and feelings feel like, people can really get more from what Coherently Aware Now does, from what you're seeking to do, from the conviction and the passion that you have for helping people and 
not just not just run-of-the-mill people, people that oftentimes get overlooked, get forgotten, get put into a box, get belittled and patronized and defined as not worth it. And it's beautiful that they have someone like a real person championing their growth and their ability to peek over the fence and hopefully jump over it as well. And Eric, sincerely thank you. I I will say that I have not been ever this moved in an interview before and I um I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> but um at the same time I I'm very thankful and grateful not only that you came on the show but that you are here and that you exist and that you're going to touch more souls on this planet while you're here and Thank what you so much. you you're very welcome what you're doing is so important and so needed and I want to thank you from the bottom the complete depths of my heart for talking about what you do and coming on the show and with that being said please tell everybody where they can learn more about coherently aware now can how to get involved and how to potentially be a part of that journey uh so uh, you can go to www.thesafecircle.org uh you can read about our nonprofit there uh you can also go there to donate uh uh there there is a donate section you can read about the cardboard members you can read about my story i also have a video on there about my story Facebook page, you can go to our Facebook page and like our Facebook page. We have an Instagram page, there's not much on there, but you go like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also go to, also, like I said, go to my TikTok page because I do a lot of, um, I try to do a lot of uh, inspirational stuff on there. Go unstuck yourself. So. And I will link all of those below in the description for this particular episode when it airs so that everybody can find you and everybody can kind of look at what it is who knows i might actually finally download a tiktok <laughs> i've been fighting it for a whole year hey, don't, don't do it. listen 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 <laughs> I, I like you don't do it i i i i, 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 that's what I said i said I'm, I'm only gonna do it for a little bit months later i i can't stop doing videos i can't e stop doing everybody videos. that i know that has one is constantly on it and that's why i won't download it but i love I, watching them like on facebook or on Instagram. No, but Eric, thank you so much for coming on the Raindrop Corner podcast and talking thank with you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. Of course. We'll meet, are you, uh, we'll meet in real life, I promise. We will meet in real life. Also, like, my family is down in your neck of the woods. So the next time when I'm in that general area, I will come say hi. But Okay, great. No, sincerely, thank you again for coming on the show. And everybody else, we will see you next time. You take care. Thank you to all of our listeners out there. As always, you are the most beloved and make all of this magic possible. The Raindrop Corner podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all standard listening platforms. I normally don't give a recap into my thoughts after a podcast episode, but to say that I was deeply touched by um, our guest, Eric Harassi, and also the founder of Coherently Aware Now, CAN, as it's abbreviated, would be a vast understatement. 
I honestly feel like this episode is just so important in that what they're doing just is something that not only doesn't exist in very many spaces, but is something that's needed in the world that we live in, in a world where we're all realistically going through a lot and how that manifests in, from person to person. It's going to be very different. So if you do have time to spare or a moment, it would mean a lot to, I'm sure, not only Eric, but myself, if you could just take a look at the work that Can's doing, spread the word, and share it with people in your life or around you that might have need of those services. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and for all of your support. You are a big portion of the reason why I do this, and guests like Eric are a huge portion of the reason why I do this. I'm sending love and light to everyone and I will see you soon.